Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder. I'm a managing director at B. Riley Advisory Services. I'm also the author of the new ROI, Return on Individuals. And welcome to the program where we dig deeper to understand what matters most in business. A lot of times when we're going behind the numbers, it involves a conversation around the human element. And today I'm pleased to welcome uh, the authors of this book, Can Trust Will. It's the... Um, Hiring for the Human Element in the New Age of Cybersecurity, and the authors are Lisa Garber, who's a cybersecurity and privacy attorney and professor, and Scott Olson, who's the founder and CEO of Glenhaven International. Lisa, Scott, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Thanks for having us, Dave. Great to be here, Dave. It's great to have you both. Why don't you both just introduce yourself briefly, let the audience know who you are? Sure. I am Lisa Garber. I am a cybersecurity and privacy attorney. I've been in the field for some time, both as outside and in-house counsel. And I'm also an adjunct law professor teaching information privacy at Drexel University's Thomas R. Klein School of Law. And I'm a lecturer at the Wharton School at UPenn, where I teach internet law, privacy, and cybersecurity. I'm also a talking head for national news and a, uh, I do exec ed on cybersecurity and privacy. And I'm Scott Olson. I'm founder and CEO of Glenhaven International, which is a consulting firm. We do leadership consulting. We sit in the, uh, uh, we call it first promotion transition. It's leadership fundamentals is most of our training. We do executive coaching as well. I'm a partner with Lisa in CanTrust Will LLC, which is based on the book. It's uh, hiring and onboarding specifically for a cybersecurity talent. My background is in law and law enforcement. I started off as a trial attorney and spent 21 years as a counterintelligence officer with the FBI. I'm a certified interview and interrogation instructor with the FBI. Yeah, and the topic of cybersecurity is obviously a very important one, and there's a lot to cover here, so I'm going to jump right in. Let me just start by setting the frame and by asking you, how did you guys come to meet one another, and, and what inspired you to write this book? I love the story of my meet-cute with Scott. We were actually introduced through a mutual friend right before the pandemic hit, and we met for coffee, and within five minutes of sitting down with Scott, I said, you know what, we should write a book together. And then Scott says... <laughs> I almost got up and ran out of the coffee shop because I had... Uh, I'd actually tried to write a book on two different occasions, uh, focused on leadership. And writing a book is really hard, particularly if you're doing it by yourself. But it's it's hard. Uh, the conversation that we had was one of those things where, you know, we were introduced by somebody who had no idea what we would do together. But it was, you guys need to talk to each other. Something's going to come of this. And it was a conversation that went way long just because we connected. And it turned out Lisa was right. There was a real need that we found in our overlap. Her as a cybersecurity expert, me as an interview and interrogation expert, in particularly in the cybersecurity world, even before the pandemic, we saw this issue that um, most people saw, but we saw it very clearly of you know, how do you get staff? How do you really find the people that you need? So we saw that need and and we filled it um, with the book. 
Yeah, What's great, means- too, is the problem of cybersecurity hiring. As Scott said, it was bad before the pandemic, and then it just got worse because so many companies were moving to remote-style work environments. They needed more people on their cybersecurity staff, especially in-house. So I really did see the overlap, even though I scared Scott with my idea. And it worked out, and we ended up getting the book done through the course of the first year of the pandemic and got great insights interviewing people in different parts of the field, with, and they provided their experiences on how they hire and what problems they encounter. So we want to fill that gap because we keep seeing the statistics come out that cybersecurity hiring is struggling. Even even just this morning, as I was getting prepared, I got an email for a webinar um, through one of the uh, security professional associations I belong to. And it's a webinar about how to hire, how to bring people on board, how to find the talent that you need. And the reality of it is that there are great resources out there. Can trust will hiring for the human element, the new age of cybersecurity is a great place to start because we lay it out and we lay out solutions. That's a great springboard. Let, let's unpack this. What is the can trust will process? I want to let Scott answer that because the reason it came about is through Scott. We were discussing the problems. We had done a bunch of interviews and this phrase kept coming up and Scott was using it. And I said, you know what? That's our method. That's our title. That's our method. So I'll let Scott explain. Yeah. And it it really has to do with how you gauge success and how when you're sitting across from another person, you effectively... uh, evaluate whether they and and who they are correlates to success in your company. And as we were working through, as we were talking through this, listening to the people that we interviewed, we recognized that the the principal struggle with hiring in general, but with cybersecurity hiring in particular, is we, we still struggle with knowledge, skill, and ability. And, you know, some uh, Experts are even talking about traits or personality traits. And what we recognize is there's a fundamental difference between capability and behaviors. And the way we express it is there's a fundamental difference between what a person can do and what they will do. And you need to have both. You need to evaluate the capabilities of each person on your team so that when you're looking for that person, you know what you're looking for, but you also have to evaluate their behavioral characteristics, the things that they will do, particularly when they're under pressure. You can have the most intelligent and capable person running your GSOC or your operations center, but if they can't function under pressure, if they just start yelling at people, for example, they're not the cool person that you need in a in a crisis. And so you really need to evaluate both. And that's the key, evaluating capability and behavioral characteristics, the can and the will. And it's especially important for cyber because the running joke in the field of cybersecurity and information technology in general is these job descriptions want people that have 10 years of experience in a tech that's only existed for five. So capability, if you break down can versus will, the can can be taught. And while you can use that as a starting place, especially for some of the software platforms and other types of jobs that pieces of the job description, the will is where the rubber meets the road. And it's important, especially where everyone is saying, 
There's just not enough talent in the talent pool. Well, the talent is there. You might have to train them up. But if they have the behavioral characteristics, you're in a much better place. Yeah. So what are some of those behavioral characteristics you might look for? Obviously, it comes to my mind that, that ethics are important, character. But how do you dig deeper into that? Well, and that's that's really the interesting part. And what a lot of uh, uh, experts in the field will do when they're asked this question is they'll give you a list. They'll say, you know, here are the here are the behaviors. Here are the things that a a cybersecurity expert needs to be able to do. And we really think that's a mistake. And the reason that's a mistake is because it's not specific enough. Every company is different. Every company has a different corporate culture. Every company has a different way of communicating. And so the key first step, once you understand the difference between what a person can do and what a person will do, is to look not just at the category of job, the cybersecurity category, but as you're building your cybersecurity team to look at every position in that team and do a deep dive. You know, take your KSA HR process and turn it into a can and will process and identify the behavior characteristics that correlate to success in that job for your company. And one of the stories we like to tell is the story of the delivery driver, because most people, when they're looking at behaviors, are looking for, you know, the nice person, the team player, the contributor. And I remember a couple of years ago, I would go hiking in eastern Pennsylvania, where I lived at the time, and there was a, a delivery driver who would park his truck in the middle of this two-lane road to make his deliveries. And he could have gone a half a mile down the road and, and parked not blocking the road, but he needed to make his deliveries. And when you would be sitting there waiting for him to move his truck, he would come and take the next package and he did not care that he was blocking the road. And it's annoying if you're sitting in your car waiting for him to move, but if you're hiring that person, when you're hiring a delivery driver, you actually want to find a person who's more interested in delivering the packages than he is inconveniencing people. And that's an example of a behavior, some, something that somebody is willing to do that correlates to success in that job. And that's what companies need to do is identify the things that are great about somebody. But if you have a cybersecurity person whose job it is to talk to everybody about spear phishing, that person needs to be able to go into the office of the CEO and say, man, you clicked on this email and that's not okay. And not everybody is capable of doing that. And sometimes that doesn't take a nice person. Sometimes it takes a driven, focused person. So one size does not fit all here. And that's why we recommend, you know, looking at the book, because in the book, we do go into detail about the types of, particularly the types of will behaviors that correlate to success. Um, but it's, it's not easy. And it's, not one size fits all. What did I miss, Lisa? No, no, no. I think Scott got so many important points here. And part of it is we interviewed almost 25 people that serve different roles in this space. So we talked to CISOs, CIOs. We talked to people in academia, in government. We talked to people in the corporate world, in the private sector that are building their teams. We talked to consultants in cybersecurity. And many of them were very realistic about what their wish list is 
for different positions. And in the book, we broke it down. If you are reading firewall logs, if that's your job, what are the behavioral characteristics that are so good? What are the capabilities that you need versus a CIO versus someone who's in very basic entry level IT? We look at all these different types of roles that are associated with cybersecurity. And the best way to put it is you have to put in the work to start. So that means understanding what your legal obligations are and that means understanding that you're going to have to work with legal, with HR, with marketing. You really have to work cross-sector and figure out what your obligations are. But then you dive in to what that role means specifically within your company. The hard part for hiring, even though it's so time-consuming and expensive to bring in onboard new people, to find them first of all and to make them a part of a team, you have to keep them, right, generally. And if you put in the work to start, you're going to be in a much better position. And that really means digging in and understanding, has this role existed? What do we see as success in that role? What has what have we seen in terms of failure in that role? What types of people are handling a lot of the obligations that could be part of a future role? It's so important in cybersecurity, especially as we have new types of tech coming in. Scott and I have been talking to companies that are entering into the metaverse. I've been giving a lot of uh, presentations on the metaverse, what your legal obligations are. As we start to consider what new roles exist, we see companies creating chief metaverse officer positions. You better understand how to hire for a cybersecurity role in general. And it doesn't just mean bringing someone in-house. It also means interviewing for vendors, for third parties that you're going to work with, because I think the same thing applies. Yeah. Lisa and Scott, we're coming up on a commercial break here, but uh, tell the audience how they can reach out and connect with you if they want to learn more about you or if they'd like to work with you. Definitely. So CamTrust Will is available at every major book reseller. You can see all of our reviews on Amazon.com. We also are featured on our publisher site, Business Expert Press, and you can hire us, Scott and Lisa, on CamTrustWill.com. You can book us for a speaking session. And Scott and I are also available separately for speaking sessions, exec ed as well. And Scott? Yeah, uh, cantrustwill.com uh, is a great way to get a hold of us. Glenhaveninternational.com is a great way to get a hold of me directly. Um, and uh, yeah, grab the book. Yeah. By all means. It's a great place to start. A lot of good stuff in this book. There's good behavioral questions that you can use, even if you're not in cyber. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break here. Lisa, Scott, don't go anywhere. You watching and listening, we'll be right back after we pay a few bills here on Behind the Numbers. Shelter dogs aren't broken. They've simply experienced more life. If they were human, we would call them wise. They would be the ones with tales to tell and stories to write. The ones dealt a bad hand who responded with courage. Do not pity a shelter dog. Adopt one. Say we've got grit, and we'll take it as a compliment. Because it's our uncommon drive, our spark within, that brings us together and sets us apart. We are temple made. And when others take shortcuts, when others take breaks, when others take the easy way, we take charge. Add us on social media 
watch bloopers, behind the scenes footage, previews, and more. I work 13 hours a day, six days a week. So when I'm off the clock, I gotta get stuff done. So when I need a snack, I need something healthy, tasty, and easy to eat. Like wonderful pistachios without the shells. They're protein powered, delicious, and great on the go. And that's perfect for me. Thanks, Liz. A woman without a lot of time. Whether you're Just, and welcome back version. to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we're talking with Lisa Garber and Scott Olson, who are the authors of this book, Can Trust Will. And I want to continue where we left off uh, in the first segment, Lisa and Scott, and, and want to focus on the negative side. What are some of the big mistakes that you've seen in terms of identifying the right fit candidates in, in cyber? One of the major points in our book, Can Trust Will Hiring for the Human Element in the New Age of Cybersecurity, is called The Big Mistake. And I've seen this so many times, Scott's seen it even more times than me, and it's when people hire because they just like the, the person that's interviewing, when the person is like them, when it make, that person makes them feel comfortable, it's someone they want to go out and grab a beer with, that doesn't correlate to success. And it really doesn't correlate to success in cybersecurity. Yeah, and, and the flags for the big mistake are fit for the team, you know, hiring for fit, great addition, understands our corporate culture. Um, and really, all of those things, when you take a few steps back and look at them, they're, they're kind of a punt. Um, and they're a punt because... Uh, the, the interviewer, the, the hiring entity, doesn't really understand what they're looking for. They're, they're frustrated. They're not getting the people into their pipeline that they need. And there are really two keys to avoiding the big mistake. That the first is to understand just how critical it is to identify what behaviors and what capabilities, but really the behaviors correlate to success. And the other is to understand that if if you're doing a, a poor job hiring or if your higher rate is your higher success rate is too low, you really need to do something different. And uh, I'll tell a short story about one of our early clients who came to us uh, from a software company. Uh, he was a, a team leader uh, and their hiring process was, you know, HR giving them a stack, giving the team leaders a stack of files and, uh, saying, you know, hire the four best ones. And what we did was ask him our key question, which is how soon after hiring do you know whether the person's going to be successful? And the answer is a pretty typical answer for us, about two weeks. And so the key is to make sure that you're taking that two weeks after hiring to before hiring. And so we built out a set of behavioral questions, which this client asked during interviews and as he asked them, the room got quiet, everybody started listening, and then our client hired different people. 
his colleagues hired the same people and they teased him unmercifully that he was hiring losers. And six weeks later, he called us laughing because the two people that he hired were on promotion trajectories and every single one of his colleagues who hired the same, they hired for fit, they hired for likability, they hired for nice guy. They either had people quit, they had people fired, or they had to put them on uh, performance improvement plans with HR. So the, the key is to understand you can do this better, and you go right back to the delivery driver. Um, hiring someone because they're not who you would invite to your barbecue, as long as that trait correlates to success in the job that you have open, is crucial. And doing something different, even though it doesn't feel right, is the key to changing your outcomes. And just because you're hiring someone that maybe you don't personally like or isn't someone you go and grab a beer with after work, that doesn't mean that person can't become part of the team. Part of what Scott and I found, Scott already knew from working in government, and what we found from our many of our interviews is you create shared intention. The best cybersecurity teams work together and they bond because they put the company's mission above all else. And that's exactly what happens in Scott's delivery driver anecdote. And that's what happens in the teams that are able to fend off hackers, that are able to work in a proactive environment for cybersecurity. And this is something that every company has to do, whether it's your own huge in-house team, small in-house team, or a mixture with a vendor. The government's facing this too now. We see, I just saw news headlines yesterday. We see presidential executive orders forcing different agencies to work together to fight cybercrime. We see different government entities using different strategies for cybersecurity. All of this requires a very diverse team to attack the problem of cybersecurity in creative new ways. You need differing perspectives, and you need that to come together with shared intention. So by avoiding the big mistake, you can still have a team that functions really well together, that can fight cybercrime, that can be proactive together by really attacking problems as a team with different perspectives. And, and this gets a little bit into the, the leadership world, but it's the high performance teams world. And the reality of it is teams don't perform well because they get along. They, they don't. Teams get along because they perform well. If you identify each position on your cybersecurity team, each chair in that GSOC, and you put the right person in, the prickly person where they need a prickly person, the go-along, the get-along person where you need that as well, you can build that shared intention. And the shared intention will form the relationships that make that group of individuals into one team. And that's crucial. If you hire Forget along, you're going to have people that are great at a party, but not great when the chips are down. Um, you have people that are great when the chips are down. They're going to want to go and have a beer once they solve the, the attack. Yeah, and that just sparks something for me, too, which is you can figure this out before you hire someone. While, and as Scott said, you want to find out if you if you come to the conclusion that after having someone in your company for two weeks, you know whether they're going to do well or not, you can move that up 
to figure that out beforehand. There are certain ways to attack the questions, and I'm not talking about personality assessments. That's not what we're talking about here. These are real behavioral questions that we need to retrain hiring managers, the the people that are in charge on how to think, how to hire. And it's so important for cybersecurity because I know people will say, well, there's just not enough people to hire. You can have this fancy process, but if there's not enough people, what are you going to do? The people are there. We have government entities like NIST, which is the National Institute for Standards and Technology, setting up NICE, which we love our abbreviations of government, for the National Initiative for Cybersecurity Education. They are having resources pointed to high school students that maybe don't go the regular academic route. We have people that are hacking in their basement, people that are working other types of jobs that have the sensibilities for computers, for the other parts of the cybersecurity world around compliance, legal, regulatory. There's so many pieces. And I tell my students frequently, doesn't mean you have to code. It doesn't mean you have to want to sit behind a computer and read firewall logs. There's so many pieces to the cybersecurity puzzle. We need to look elsewhere. There are great nonprofits that are rising up now, training people in other fields, moms that are going back to work or working part-time, looking at people from completely different career trajectories that want to get into cyber. We have to take our blindfolds off, the blinders off, and look elsewhere because the talent exists. Yeah, we're coming down to the uh, the final innings here uh, under a couple of minutes to go here. So I'm going to ask you each one last question, 60 seconds each, if you don't mind. We've got to keep it brief. But I want to just get your thoughts on uh, the impact of diversity on the can, trust, will process. Yeah, we we come down on diversity uh, with, with both feet. And the reason we do is because now diversity is not just a moral imperative. It's an operational necessity. And we're not really talking about differences in gender, differences in uh, skin tone, differences in religion. We're talking about differences in thought process, differences in worldview, differences in problem solving. Um, The thing that will make you most vulnerable in your cybersecurity team, the thing that will make you most vulnerable in your warehouse, in your logistics, is uniformity. If you have a group of people who are all of one mind, they never see the problem, they never come to the solution, and you are vulnerable. What you need in any team, but certainly in your cybersecurity team, is different approaches. You need somebody who grew up in Sri Lanka with someone who grew up in Atlanta, with someone who grew up in Canberra, with someone who grew up in Bangkok. Because not because they have different religions and different genders and different skin tones, but because they have different worldviews, they bring different approaches. The unifying thing, the thing that does need to be the same is focus on the outcome. And that's the shared intention that Lisa's talking about. Focus on the outcome. Let's find the best solution. If you have prima donnas who want to come up with the answer, that's not as good as a group of people who only care about the solution. And that really is the key to diversity. That's said it perfectly. And I think one piece to really take home with the book is put the work in on the front end. Because these problems of cybersecurity hiring, you have to understand what your organization needs. It doesn't matter if it's in-house or outsourced. 
Both ways you have to put the work in. And diversity is part of fixing this problem, as Scott said. The best teams, we heard this over and over from the people we interviewed. We have great anecdotes in the book that illustrate this point. They have people from all different age groups, all different genders, skin tones, religions, everything, different parts of the world. It's not just the moral imperative. Of course, it's important, but it helps get the job done better. Our book can be, the strategies can be applied to any field. But in cybersecurity, it's especially important because we are chasing a beast that keeps evolving. Tech is notoriously faster than law. It's notoriously faster than any proactive response we've had in, in the U.S. And, and elsewhere. We have to put together the best teams. It saves money. It saves time. It saves our organization. Yep, well said. Uh, unfortunately, on that note, we are out of time. Lisa, Scott, I want to thank you for joining us today on Behind the Numbers. Pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. We've been talking with Lisa Garber and Scott Olson, authors of Can Trust Will, Hiring for the Human Element in the New Age of Cybersecurity. Uh, again, my name is Dave Bookbinder, and I'm the one that my clients turn to when they want to know what their most important assets are worth. You can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Please hit me up. I'm always happy to have a conversation. And thank you, as always, for watching and listening. We can't do this program without your support. Be sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you're watching or listening so that you can stay in touch with us and all that we're up to. And that's all we have for today, folks. We will see you next time on Behind the Numbers. Take care.